Support comes from Gather Pottery, hosting ceramicist Sarah Anderson teaching a weekend graffito workshop for all levels, May 18th and 19th at Gather Pottery in Interbay. Learn more at gatherpottery.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. Seattle-based Alaska Airlines announced over the weekend it plans to buy Hawaiian Airlines. The nearly $2 billion deal would solidify Alaska's position as the nation's fifth largest carrier. But this is far from a done deal. The Biden administration has closely scrutinized other large airline mergers recently. Lori Aratani is a reporter at The Washington Post focused on transportation, and she's been following this story. Hi, Lori. Thanks very much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Libby. So what are the specifics of this Alaska-Hawaiian deal? This is such an interesting deal that I think took a lot of folks in the industry by surprise. Alaska will purchase Hawaiian in a cash deal and they'll assume some of their debt. So like you mentioned, it's a nearly $2 billion deal. The plan is to keep separate identities for both airlines. So even if this merger goes through, there'll be an Alaska Airlines and there'll be a Hawaiian Airlines. Those names will continue. I heard that if, if the merger goes through, and we're going to talk about potential roadblocks in just a moment. How does this change Alaska's place in the industry if it combines with Hawaiian Airlines? And what about service for customers might change? Well, this is what makes this deal really interesting is Alaska is one of those, it's it's the number five carrier right now, as you mentioned, and it's what folks like to call a hybrid airline, right? It's not a giant legacy carrier like a Delta or a United, but it's not a Spirit or a Frontier airline. And so Alaska and also Hawaiian sort of occupy this sort of middle space, good service, good fares, but maybe not quite big enough. So this will give Alaska and folks in Seattle a lot more reach. Alaska doesn't have a lot of international routes, but by combining with Hawaiian Airline, they will have access to the international destinations that Hawaiian flies to. So that means Japan, that means destinations in the South Pacific. And then for folks that maybe want to escape those dreary Seattle days, more service to Hawaii. It also gives for Alaska, I know that it competes with Delta and Seattle. Delta has a huge network. So this gives Alaska some ways to compete with that by offering more international service and more destinations. For Hawaiian, this is good for Hawaiian. Hawaiians had a really hard time between the pandemic, the fires in Maui. You know, Hawaiian has a network in Hawaii, but they've also got Southwest in there that's competing with them. So this will give them the ability to sort of better compete with Southwest. What it also gives them is access to more mainland destinations. Hawaiian's CEO, Peter Ingram, had mentioned that they have a lot of destinations internationally and obviously inner island, but they don't have a huge domestic route. They don't have a lot of flights to the mainland. So for folks in Hawaii, this gives them access to more destinations via Alaska's route network to the mainland. So I can understand why it would benefit Alaska. I see what the benefit would be to Hawaiian. But what about federal regulators? What do they have to say about what this might mean for consumers, for competition? The Biden administration has closely scrutinized large mergers lately. What are the obstacles to this combination of Alaska and Hawaiian actually happening? 
This is, and that's, you've mentioned them right there. The Biden administration has has been aggressively enforcing antitrust law in the airline industry and in industries across, but particularly in the airline industry. And the issue is that you have four major carriers, American, United, Delta, and Southwest, that account for about 80% of the market. And these smaller airlines are trying to break through. In the case of the JetBlue Spirit merger, right, their argument is that if you allow us to combine, we'll be bigger and we can provide more competition to those four large airlines. But the issue is you're taking out a smaller super discount carrier that a lot of really cost conscious consumers depend on, you know, for those super cheap fares. Alaska and Hawaiian are an interesting combination. And some analysts have said they can see how it makes sense on paper. It won't have an easy time definitely getting through the regulatory review, particularly because the Biden administration wants to keep as many players in the U.S. airline market as it can. But unlike Spirit and JetBlue, it doesn't have a lot of overlap. I think Alaska CEO Ben Munakuchi said of all of the routes they fly, they only overlap on a dozen. Mm. Um, so they may fly hundreds of routes but they only overlap on a dozen. And that's always a concern for regulators, right? They don't want airlines that are competing on similar routes. If one eats the other up, where's the competition on the route? And then there's the risk that prices will go up. So I think they will face this skepticism about reducing the number of airlines in the U.S. airline industry. That's sort of the biggest hurdle they'll face. It is a pretty, I thought it was a pretty audacious move considering that the Department of Justice is just wrapping up a trial where they've challenged yeah. the merger between JetBlue and Spirit. Like, literally, they have closing arguments on Tuesday. Let's you announce know. another airline merger. Exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, Hawaiian and Alaska seem to think they don't have as much overlap, and a merger between those two makes sense in a way. They're relatively small players and make sense in a way where they can make this case that, hey, Alaska, if I if we can merge with Hawaiian, we'll have more international destinations. We can challenge Delta and Hawaiian. You know, if we merge with with Alaska, that helps us take on Southwest in Hawaii. It gives us more destinations on the mainland to take on airlines that operate, you know, offer service from the islands to yeah. the mainland. So instead of consolidation, their argument will say, well, through consolidation, we're actually increasing the competition against the big four players in the airline industry. Right. And it's what they say all the time. And it and, and it's just really hard. I mean, some analysts, you know, aren't sure that JetBlue and Spirit will, will win this case. We'll, we'll see. They think it's harder to make the case against an Alaska-Hawaiian merger. But that's not to say that DOJ won't. You know, we've reached out to DOJ. They're probably pretty busy with their Spirit JetBlue challenge, so they had no comment on this. And, you know, they need to wait, right? The shareholders for the two airlines need to approve this. And there's a, a regulatory process. One analyst said that they joke that the process for merging two airlines will take longer than the federal rulemaking process, which is a pretty long time. Yeah. Unions representing both flight attendants and mechanics issued statements expressing concern about this merger between Alaska and Hawaiian Airlines. What are they saying? What are they uneasy about? In mergers, the worry is that there's consolidation. 
Alaska has talked about synergies, right? How much money they will save by doing a merger, right? Because you'll have one computer system, right? You'll have bulk ordering and and different things like that. So the concern for workers on the ground is, you know, what about our jobs? You know, are you going to need all the flight attendants? Are you going to need all the gate agents? Ben Minacucci said that they don't anticipate the loss of any union jobs because they are not consolidating. They're going to continue to operate their separate networks. So they hope to open a base in Honolulu. So they don't see the loss of any union jobs. So that will be something that the unions will be, you know, looking for. They also want to know about working conditions, right? Two different airlines have two different contracts. They want to make sure that that all workers are treated equally in a Alaska Airlines acquisition. There may be some job losses for salaried workers. You do wonder, right? You have one airline, do you really, you probably don't need two CEOs. You may not need two chief operating officers, right? Yeah. So there may be some consolidation for salaried workers. So We'll have to wait and see. But I believe Ben said that he didn't anticipate once the merger goes through, they think it'll take, could take 12 to 18 months. He didn't see any changes coming for the first six to nine months. Lori Aratani is a reporter for The Washington Post who covers transportation and the airline industry. Thank you, Lori, for breaking down this Alaska Airlines news, purchasing Hawaiian Airlines. If federal regulators give the go-ahead. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you, Libby. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to SoundSide. This show is only possible because listeners support us. If you're able to give right now, please check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m., Monday through Thursday, or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.